um, it's really hard to come off all three, you know, hard drugs, cocaine, heroin, and alcohol. And at the same time, it was rough. Um, it, most statistically, you don't make it. You just don't. The odds are really stacked against you. And somehow I made it. And that just led me to believe, okay, why'd you make it, Dave? What happened? Which kind of that I started think, getting me, you know, more thoughtful about what's life about? Why am I here? What's this, you know, what's going on here? What's really, let's get deep here. Uh, AA really led me into the personal development industry as well. Mm, nice. And, and that's what got me. Um, I was up, you know, I had insomnia because my sleep patterns were really, really bad. My system was so whacked out. It took me really three years almost to recover from the physical side of pouring that many drugs and alcohol. Um, that's, you know, the first three years are really the spiritual, emotional, and the physical um, a cleanup, if you will. That's what gets worked on. Fear stops us from achieving our true greatness. Are you a professional woman who is feeling stuck, unmotivated, or burned out? Are you worried about your wellness? Are you letting fear stop you from crushing your goals? If you answered yes to any or all of these, then this is the podcast for you. Dr. Charmaine Gregory, night shift emergency physician, burnout thriver, and wellness champion, along with everyday heroes just like you, will explore how to face fear in our lives and emerge victoriously. Dr. Gregory here. Did you know that I'm on YouTube as well? You can find me at Charmaine Gregory, MD. See you there. There. Hello, 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 Fearless Freedom Tribe. This is Dr. G, and we are back for another exciting episode of the Fearless Freedom with Dr. G podcast. Today, we have Dave Alvin, and he is going to tell us all about who he is and all of the wonderful things that he is up to. Take it away, Dave. <laughs> Thanks, Dr. G. Uh, wow, where do I start? Uh, my dad used to say, "Start at the beginning." For some reason, the um, your audio is going in and out. Let's see. How about now? I think it should be. Because okay I want to hear the story. The story is good, yeah. so I want to hear all of it. <laughs> okay. Well, yeah. Right. All right. So we good now? Did that work? <laughs> yes, we're good now. Yes. Yes. Yeah, cool. So you said um, that so, dad went to the store and unfortunately yeah. did not return. Never saw or heard from him again. He was. Oh gone. my gosh. So my mom gave birth. Uh, by the way, this is in Hollywood, California. I was born in the Queen of Angels Hospital. The very that's where all the movie stars, you know, and people oh, nice. went to the hospital, right? Um, and then my mom worked up the street, Hollywood Boulevard, the Fremont Hotel. So she was a server. She had two kids when I was two boys when I was born, different fathers, and uh, and then me. Okay. And so when I was five years old, she realized she couldn't take care of me. So she put me up for adoption, Doctor G, to her sister, I which see. would have been my aunt, my aunt, and uncle. Right. Um, and I went to, I went to live with them at five years old. They were in Long Beach, California. And when I was 11, they set me down. I'm, I'm going into fourth grade here, right. It's 1964. And the first day of summer, they set me down and they said, David, we need to tell you something. And my mom put her hand on my hand and she said, David, we're not your parents. I'm like, what? <laughs> what do you mean you're not my parents? They said, well, we're actually your aunt and uncle. When you were born, blah, 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 blah. They kind of went through the story to and told me what happened. And so I'm saying, so you're telling me that my aunt Dean is my mother? 
And she, she said, yeah, that's exactly what we're telling. And I'm thinking, I don't even like her. Oh no. <laughs> she's, she's, she's weird. Right. But here's why, because she was always touching me. Well, I wonder oh. why I was her son. Yeah. Right. So, right? so oh. I, you know, I put that together. Well, shortly after they told me about that, you know, I was adopted by them. They both started drinking. They had sworn off when I was, when, they, when I was five and they adopted me, they, they swore off drinking. But like right after they told me this within days, they both started drinking. And so everything oh. changed. It just okay. went from this wonderful, you know, go camping, hang out, you know, go get ice cream, kind of a family thing into we're drinking. And then there's the aftermath of the alcoholism and, and what that does. Right. So I very, very early on, you know, right after they started drinking, I tried alcohol for the first time. I drank brandy because I wanted to know what was going on. I was, I wanted to know what they were drinking. I want to know why these two amazing people turned into people that weren't so amazing when they were drinking like that. Mm. And so I tried alcohol and, and I was done. Dr. G, that was it. I had no chance. I was an alcoholic right on the spot. Oh my gosh. I wanted, I wanted, I'm 11 years old. I wanted, I was hiding, I, you know, I went into, I just, I can't even begin to tell you. It just took over my life. Well, let me fast wow. forward to this. Okay. Wow. Let me fast wow. forward to all of that. School got kicked out of school, you know, drugs, alcohol, hanging around bad people, hanging around prostitutes, pimps, drug dealers, guns, violence, it all ensued. And then on June 8th of 1988, I woke up that morning and I was in such excruciating physical and emotional and spiritual pain. I said, today we're done. I'm out. And so I went and loaded my pistol, knowing that if I put a bullet in my head, that it'll all end. I won't feel any more pain. It's over. I wasn't, I wasn't, I wasn't toying with anything. I wasn't going, oh, you know, if you're going, you're going to go to hell if you do that, Dave. You know, nah. none of that was going through my mind. All that was going through my mind is that I was in such excruciating pain and this would this would take care of it well that after i was married to a woman who had three kids and i knew if you do that dude you know what's going to happen those three kids are the ones that are going to be punished and and your and your wife because they're the ones who have to clean up the aftermath and see it and deal with it and and so i go man you can't do that you know and so that just led me in a moment of compassion it led me to picking up a phone in calling a group called Alcoholics Anonymous. Okay. I went to my first meeting, uh, meetings, I should say, on June 8th. Um, I went to a 1230, a 430, 6.30, and an 8.30. I went to an all-men's group, and those men put their arms around me and said, you need to stay real close with us, young man. <laughs> We're going to help you, but, man, you better do everything we tell you to do because you're in, you're in bad shape. <clears throat> this will kill you fast. And I believed them and I knew what they were telling me was the truth. So I did what they told me to do. So one day turned into two and three and then a week and then a month and, and a month, I got a little chip. Nice. <laughs> right. Right. Look like that. Yes. Yes. <laughs> there it is, yes. Right? Little chip. And it said one month on it. Nice. And, um, and then I got a two month, a three month, a six month, a nine month. And then I got the, the 30, the, the year, you know, the blue chip, which is one year. Right. Uh, this one here says 34. Of course, you probably can't see that. Um, and I'll have one here in June if I don't, if my dog doesn't chew me up and eat me or something. Um, oh, no. I've got, got a German Shepherd here that's always by my side, right? Um, 
Yeah, so I'll have 30, I'll have 35 years of sobriety. So this is where it starts. To, that is amazing. Thank yeah, thank you. It is. It's it, it is amazing. Um, it's really hard to come off all three, you know, hard drugs, cocaine, heroin, and alcohol. It's, at the same time, it was rough. Um, it, most statistically, you don't make it. You just don't. The odds are really stacked against you. And somehow I made it. And that just led me to believe, okay, why'd you make it, Dave? What happened? Which kind of that I started thinking, getting me, you know, more thoughtful about what's life about? Why am I here? What's this, you know, what's going on here? What's really, let's get deep here. Uh, AA really led me into the personal development industry as well. Mm, nice. And, and that's what got me. Um, I was up, you know, I had insomnia because my sleep patterns were really, really bad. My system was so whacked out. It took me really three years almost to recover from the physical side of pouring that many drugs and alcohol. Um, that's, you know, the first three years are really the spiritual, emotional, and the physical um, cleanup, if you will. That's what gets worked on. And so uh, I was a mess for, for, for a few years there, even in sobriety. But I was up late one night <clears throat> and I had insomnia and I watched an infomercial. And there's a guy by the name of Tony Robbins. Oh, my <laughs> was, gosh. That's a good infomercial to watch. <laughs> right. If you're going to watch an infomercial. And there he was, a young Tony Robbins. He yeah. was selling his program. Uh, it was called Personal Power. I see. And uh, I joke, I jokingly tease my audiences uh dr j by saying it came on these little white things called cassette tapes <laughs> nice i know what those are I right, grew up yeah. On those. <laughs> right yeah eight track tapes right um you talk to that people today you go what what are you, what are you talking yeah, about have yeah. No idea what that is. Right? they have no idea i'm like go to the smithsonian they're there so i went through his program and it worked it really worked and so i was like cool well i loaned my program to a buddy of mine in AA. <clears throat> and he read the book and I did. And so seven years later in 1995, he called me, he said, Hey dude, guess what? Tony Robbins is coming to town. We're going. And I said, all right, yeah, let's go. Let's do this. So he said, I'll take care of everything. And he called me back an hour later and he said, it's all done. We pick up the tickets at will call. Uh, here's what they said to do. Bring snacks, drink a lot of water, keep hydrated all weekend. You're going to spend a lot of time in the room. It's, it's going to be a long four days. Bring a good attitude and be ready to play full out. I said, Dan, how much was the ticket? And he said, $700. <laughs> and it was in 1995, right? I was going to say it's, it's like, not $700 anymore. But yeah. It's like seven grand, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like hours now, right? So, um, yeah, sure enough. It's the day of the event. We show up. Oh my gosh, the excitement level is going crazy. Of course. Uh, they've got all these people at Tony have all these people out here doing balloon doing balloons and you know, get there was 3,500 people waiting staging to get into the event. So they opened the doors at two o'clock and Tony hit the stage. And and here's all I remember. <laughs> Ten hours later, it's midnight, and he's got us taking our shoes off uh, to do this firewalk. Now, by the way, when my buddy called me back to tell me where we're going, he goes, at the very end when he was hanging up, he goes, oh, hey, I forgot to tell you something. We're going to be doing a firewalk. And I said, oh, yeah, that sounds really cool. And I hung up and I went, oh, oh, no, we're not going to do that. I'm not doing a firewalk. Mm. And you know what's <laughs> interesting about that? I didn't even know what firewalk was, Dr. J. Mm. I had no idea. Okay, I never heard of one. <laughs> I had no references. Here's, but I, here's what I did know, right? I'm not doing it. Uh -huh. <laughs> um, that's for the crazy people i'm sure i'll go watch it kind of a thing right well again you get you get there tony takes the stage at two it's 10 o'clock boom or it's 12 o'clock he goes take your shoes off 
And I'm like, well, I don't, I'm not doing this. Why am I taking my shoes off? And I'm going, well, because all these other people taking their shoes off, they're going to firewalk and you're not. And when they see you wearing your shoes, they're going to know you're wussing out. And I went, oh, God. So I take my shoes off. Well, when he's got you walking out there, he's got everybody chanting, right? Yes, yes, yes. And then when you actually physically get outside, you go out of this giant parking lot, um, he's got African drummers. So those are going on, right? Dun, 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 everybody's clapping and it's intense. And, and, and when you get out there, there's a giant fire over in the corner. And so that fire has been burning all day. Like for 10 hours, they've been burning it. And so they stack it with a wood and it burns all the, all the way down and it makes the beautiful bed of coals that you've ever seen. Well, we got 3,000 people. So what they did there was they built a big fire. They loaded the coals in wheelbarrows. And then they take a wheelbarrow and go out there in the parking lot where they'd have two lanes of sod of grass laid out on both sides, about three feet wide, 18 feet long. And they took the coals from the wheelbarrow with a shovel and they would spread the coals on the grass. And that's what you walked on. Well, I'm hiding in the back because I'm not doing it. Well, apparently, <laughs> right. Because that was my strategy. I'm not going right. to do this. I'll just hide in the back. Nobody's going to know. Well, except me. Right? right. Well, not true. Because Tony's people, Tony knows where all the cowards are. They're going to go hang out in the back. So mm. he trains, pe he trains people to go get them. Nice. Very nice. Thank God. Mm -hmm. Thank mm -hmm. God for the man that came and got me. And you know what's interesting about that him? I don't even know who he is. Yeah. He's just some guy that showed up in the in the middle of the night on a summer summer in Reston, Virginia. And this guy comes up and he makes eye contact with me, right? I'm sitting back there just waiting to get out of here. Right. And he right, comes right. up and he make right and he makes eye contact with me. And, and apparently what they're taught to do is once you make eye contact, don't take your eyes off. Right. Well, here he comes and he sees me and he makes eye contact with me and he gets probably, I don't know, 25, 30 feet from me. And he looks at me and he kind of bends down, you know, to kind of create some rapport, if you will. Yeah. Yeah. And he says, he's like, Hey, are you okay? <laughs> and when we're not okay, what do we say? Yeah. I'm fine. fine. I'm good. All good around here, pal. <laughs> see you later. Get away from Nothing me. Nothing right? to see here. Nothing, Nothing to, see. to see here. I don't want to talk to you. I can tell you that. And so, <laughs> so he goes, and so then he asked me a question, right? He says, so are you going to walk tonight? And I said, absolutely not. And he goes, Hey, that's, and I said it to him with a lot of force. Right. right. So he was kind of like taken back and he goes, he goes, Hey, that's fine. No problem. We don't want you to do anything you don't want to do. And I went, Oh, Okay, I don't want to do this. I like this guy. He's my ticket out of here. And then guess what? This man closed that you. I do not. This he man closed you. I, he he, <laughs> man. I don't know. I don't. I don't know who it is to this day. But here's. But he did. He came back and he said, "Well, wouldn't you at least like to watch?" And of course, bring that, you closer. You're, you're gonna. You're good. That's a ninety-nine percent same answer question. I imagine there's somebody that would go, no, nah, I don't want to watch. But he said, yeah, I, I do. I want to, I, absolutely, I want to watch this. And he said, he said, well, you can't see anything from here. You're a hundred yards away. Just get in line and eventually you'll get close enough. You'll see it. Uh-huh. So, right? So, uh, <laughs> all right, I fell for it. Yeah. And you know what? In his defense, Dr. J, he was telling the truth. Right? Because I couldn't. I couldn't see anything. I had 3,500 3, people standing in front of me. I can't see anything.
So I get in yeah. line, I'm marching along, kind of walking along. And, you know, and remember, it's still African drummers. Yes. Right. Yes. Yeah. So all that yes. tempo is going on, all that exhilaration, yeah. all that's yes. going on. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I'm just walking along. And the next thing I know, some guy comes up to me and he, and he whispers in my ear kind of loudly. He goes, he knows when you're ready. When he says, go, you go. <laughs> I thought, what? <laughs> what you didn't get the memo pal i'm not doing this well right after that happened i looked to my right yeah and i could i could see through the crowd them actually doing it i can't see in front of me but i can see at an angle and now i'm watching them and now my brain is watching something we're trying to get answers we have no references the intensity is crazy and here is people walking on coals of or a thousand degrees yeah right so i'm you know your <laughs> your brain's going through some really interesting things there and the next thing i know i turn and boom there i am i'm in You're front right of in front line. of your coals <laughs> i'm right in front of my coals and, I, and i'm staring at them and i'm in, in there's a wheelbarrow there i can feel all the heat like they're bright red right mm. you're looking down you're like oh uh, maybe there's a trick to it no <laughs> they're glowing bright red there's smoke coming off of them right and so your brain's going oh you gotta be kidding me well as i'm staring into that abyss you know when i was in the room with tony for 10 hours guess what he teaches you don't stare at what you fear okay and i'm doing exactly what he told me not to do i'm staring at my what i fear he said keep your eyes up because you want to look at the celebration in, at the other end. That's where, that's where the celebration is. Well, as I'm staring into the abyss, there's a trainer standing right there. And he says, eyes up. Like, you dummy. <laughs> Didn't you pay any attention in the room? And so now my <laughs> eyes are up. And I'm looking up. And he said, squeeze your fist and say yes. And I went, yes. You know, and he goes, stronger. And I went, yes. Well, he could tell I wasn't going full out. Right. It was like, yes, yes. And he screamed at me. He got like right here and he screamed at me. He said, stronger. Well, now I'm like, I scream at the top of my lungs, throwing my arms in the air. Yes. And he goes, go, go, go. And I took off. Wow. Right. So here's what, here's the first thing I learned about firewalking. Yeah. This is applicable to a lot of things in life, including starting almost anything. And that is when you take the first step, when you're firewalking, here's what I'll guarantee you. You'll take the second, third, fourth, and fifth. You are not going to stop on those coals. Right. right. And so right after I did that, right, I'm like, I'm, I'm already going through disbelief. How did I do that? Why did I do that? Oh, my gosh, I'm burnt really bad. That's what's going on. And I could feel my feet were really badly burnt, right? That's what my brain's telling. But I look, and they're dirty, but there's no burns. Oh, it's the other foot. Nope. It's dirty, but there's no burns. And so now it's like, okay, whoa, wait a minute. You walked on coals, thousand degrees, didn't burn yourself. You don't know how to, you did it. You know, get me out of here. <laughs> what's what's, what's going like, on, right? This is a uh, sorcery. <laughs> there's some, yeah, there's some voodoo stuff going on around here, right? Um, and, and, and then I'll tell you where the, and, and by the way, it was one of the most exhilarating feelings of my entire life. It was it. so bad, you know, <laughs> A-double-S, that right. it was unbelievable, right? It was sure. just unbelievable. I'd never, ever experienced anything like it. Jumped out of planes, surfed, 
you know, did a lot of skiing, crazy jumps. You know what I mean? But nothing like this ever happened. Military, none of that. It was just, it was magical. Well, but here's where it gets really interesting. What's the next day? Yeah. You show up, you're in the, you're in the four-year-ator getting ready to go into the arena and there's 3,500 people. And I never saw or witnessed anything like it in my life. People were laughing. They were crying. They were talking, you know, instead of standing in line doing this, right. Trying to hide from people. They were like, Hey, how you doing? I mean, people were hugging like crazy. It was an experience. Amazing. Uh, So, and that's what I'm asking. Yeah. I'm like, Dr. G, what's going on? Who yeah, are yeah. these people? What what's happening? Did the firewalk do that last night? Really? <laughs> right? Because you that's the only answer. Right. I've never right. I've never been in an event been around anything like it. And next thing I know, <clears throat> there we are. We're a bunch of firewalkers, and man, were we getting along in the most loving, high-spirited way that was just again completely magical. Well, I got somewhat addicted to that, that feeling okay. of that. And so yeah. I wanted to know more about firewalking. I wanted to know more about what's going on with Tony Robbins. And yes. here's what I learned. At every event, Tony uses about 300 volunteers. I became one. I volunteered okay. and I got selected. Next thing you know, they found out that I had a security military background and I got called to help with some celebrities at, at, at an event. Yeah. From there, from there, I got involved with the fire building team. I was living on a farm at the time. I knew how to split wood. I knew how to use tools. <clears throat> I was like the perfect candidate. So I got on the fire building team. Now, if you're going to firewalk 4,000 people, there's a lot of physical work. Yes. It's a lot of right? wood to there's, chop. <laughs> there's a lot of, yeah, exactly. So, you know, it takes a good 60, 70 people to make that happen. And I was just one of them. <clears throat> well, from there, I got asked to become the assistant captain. So that was in the late 90s, right? 96, 97, I become a subcontractor for Tony Robbins. In 2003, Tony asked me to become his fire captain. Would I take, wow. over, all of, would I take over all of his firewalks globally? And I, and I hesitantly in the beginning said no, because I homeschool and he quickly fixed it. He, he said, well, we'll pay to have your kids travel with us. Your family can go on the road with us. And that was in 03. Okay. Um, 2005, great for the kids. Oh my gosh. Oh my, right. Wonderful experience. Kidding? Right. So it's really funny. There's a real funny quick story about that. So I called home when he made me the offer to tell the family what was going on. Well, one of the girls that worked in Tony's office knew my wife. And, and when she knew that Tony was going to make me this offer, she called my wife and said, Hey, Tony's going to offer Dave, you know, the fire captain position. You, you might be expecting a phone call. I'm just letting you know. And, you know, oh, one girl or another, right? Oh. Give me a super heads up, right? So when I called, my wife told my son, who was about nine at the time. Right. And she said, hey, dad's going to go to work for Tony on this full-time thing with the firewalks. So when he when he calls, why don't you answer the phone? So when I called, Davey picked up, my, my son picked up the phone. Yeah, Davey yeah. picked up the phone yeah. and said, hey, dad, how's it going? Right? Oh, because he's so in no. He, he knows. knows what's going on, right? <laughs> And I said, hey, Davey, you know, pretty good. Um, you know, uh, Tony Robbins just offered me the, the position as captain. And we're thinking about that. And um, um, I said, so would you, how would you like to go on the road with your dad, your mom, and your sister and, and Tony Robbins? And he's like, you think, dad? <laughs> like, really? 
do we have to think about that? Um, and, and he immediately, he goes, you'll love this, Dr. G. He says, so where's our first event, Dad? Oh, that's awesome. That's <laughs> and awesome. I, and I, and I said, Sydney, Australia. Oh, that's fabulous. Nice. Right, so there, so there we were, um, we're on the road and we spent a, a, a great deal of time there. And, and I can talk for days about the hundreds of thousands of people, all the celebrities, all the uh, professional athletes, Olympians, directors, producers, CEOs, um, you know, famous people at every level, uh, I was just immersed in that entire um, um, environment and working very closely with Tony and, and, you know, security did security for him and did all his firewalks. And, and then in 2014, something really magical happened again. Hey, it's Dr. G. And I just wanted to take a quick moment to thank you for listening to this episode. I'm so honored to have you here with me. Did you know that I can help you to get your own podcast started? With my podcasting launch course for professionals, I walk you through everything you need to know about starting a podcast. I'm with you every step of the way from sign up to launching your show with five episodes ready to go. There's a done for you version that's also available. If you would just rather just do recordings and leave the behind the scenes work up to us, then that one is definitely for you. But either way, we've got your back here at Fearless Freedom with Dr. G. Oh, if you already have a show and you need production services, we have monthly plans available for you. So check out the links in the episode show notes for more information. Let's get back to the show. My life has been a whole series of magical events, one after another, after and and when I let go to, to the God of my understanding in AA, my life completely just unfolded and rep, the rebel it just revolutionized itself. Because I'm driving down the road one day in 2014, my phone rings. <laughs> I, I I giggle about this, but it's Google. And the next, I'm 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 looking at them wanting to hire me to come to to their to corporate headquarters to put on an event for them, which okay. which we did. <laughs> I'm like, you know, so the women, you know, they need to, you know, there there's certain things they want to know and that type of thing, and we everything was fine. So we actually did two events with Google, and after that happened, I knew that it was time for me to retire and say my goodbyes to Tony Robbins and go out and do this on my own. And okay. so Firewalk Productions was born. Firewalk nice. Adventures was born in uh, 2014. Okay. And Tony, Tony and I had a wonderful time together at my last event. And, you know, we told each other how much we loved each other and 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 what we mean to each other and it was fun to sit there and chat with him about a whole bunch of things and he wished me well and uh, in fact i was just on a on a on a zoom call with him uh, here a weekend before last which was really great to see him and talk to him i hadn't talked to him personally in gosh i don't know quite a few years 2014 
what was that six, seven, eight years? Yeah, eight years. Yes, quite a while though. So it was great to it was great to see him. And so now that's what I've I've done. I've created a company and we do corporate team building and we've incorporated a whole bunch of other things in, in, in addition to the firewalk where we okay. do board breaking and brick breaking and arrow breaks where you put the arrow in your neck and put it up against the wall and break it. We do glass walking because obviously firewalking isn't always logistically possible. Right. And right, right. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, that's, that's what we do out there in the corporate world. And, you know, we do private events too. Um, I just got a call. Um, I've had a calls from celebrities and, and private individuals who want to come and do a private firewalk. Nice. Right? So I, I get hired to do that. I love to do that. I got, I got us. I mean, don't, I love all of it, Dr. G, but I, sometimes, you, you know, when you're one-on-one -on -one with an individual, it's just so much more magical. If oh, that absolutely. makes sense. Right. Yeah. No, uh, sure. If I got a hundred people, I can't connect with them. Like I can, if somebody comes to my house and stays here for a couple of days and, and uh, you know, I create an absolutely spectacular, it's a, it's a paradigm shift. It's a life changing couple of days with me. And I'll I'll get them dialed in. <laughs> nice. No doubt, nice. no doubt about it. And use these experiences to do. So anyway, man, I, I'm thank you. I really appreciate you bringing me on the show and letting me talk to your audience a, a little bit about the Dave Alvin show. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, there are so many things. I mean, thank you for sharing your story. I love how you shared it. Um, I think that it was it was very colorful and engaging. I love that. My question, though, is, you know, there were many, 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 many opportunities for fear to kind of thwart your progress there in your life. Yeah. And I don't know which which one you want to tackle, but is there is there one that you want to talk about how you address the fear? Um, I, I think I, I've got a lot of help with it uh, because fear had taken a lot away from me uh, growing up. Uh, there was a lot of fears, just like we all face, right? And what we, I think as older we get, at some point, if you can figure out that if you don't conquer your fears, then they're going to become your limitations. And fear will con con constantly take things away from you. And it will, it will deprive you of living a spectacular life. Because, you know, everything most people want is right over there on the other side of your fear. <laughs> and, and so I recognized that it, what it was doing to me, right? You know, we've got the acronyms, what it, you know, face everything and what is it to you? What is fear to you? Face everything and rise or right. forget everything and run. Uh, and AA helped me with that too, because AA okay. said false images appearing real. Yeah. That fire that firewalk basically told me that I can do whatever I want. And and I've seen people do this. It's not just like, oh, it just applies to me and there's ex these extraordinary things. No. I talk at my seminars all the time. I'm like, I've got a, a guy, his name's Eric Weinmeyer. And what a guy this is. This dude is unbelievable. And so when I'm talking, I put a picture of him behind me on the screen. And I just leave it there. And it's really obvious where he's standing because he's standing at the top of Mount Everest. And so I just wow. let him sit there and I let him sit there and sit there. <laughs> and finally, I, but, I, but I, I make him stare at it, right? And then I come back and I ask him, so who here can tell me where, this, where my buddy Eric here is standing? And they'll say, uh, it looks like Mount Everest. That's correct. That's Mount Everest. And um, there's something really physically wrong with Eric. And you, but you've got to look really close. Who here? Now, if you already know, don't answer. Right. But I tell him. But if you don't know and, and once you see what's physically wrong with him, 
raise your hand and tell me. Okay. And they'll go, oh, one leg's longer than the other one. Because the way he's standing, he's standing like this, right? He's standing oh, okay. at an angle. Okay. But one leg does look longer than the other one, right? But that's just an illusion, right? And oh, so wow. I go, well, well, I said, well, let me, before you say anything, let me tell you something else about Eric. He's climbed the seven highest mountains on earth. The seven highest mountains, seven different continents. And you ought to see this guy ride a mountain bike or take a paddle and jump in a canoe and go down a river. This guy is skilled. And, and, here's, what, and here's what's wrong with him physically. There's nothing wrong with him physically. He's blind. Really? That's fascinating. Right? So, and I tell people, I, look, I go, look, I told you that. I, I made this a point of telling you this because I wanted to mess with your head. Because if you want to do something in your life, do it. Stop negotiating with yourself. Either do, a, do it or shut up about it. Literally. And so it's like fire walking. If you take <laughs> yeah. the first step towards that thing that you want to do or that you want to become, you'll take the rest of them. Just take the first step. It's, it's such, such a magical distinction in life. Now, that can lead to other things. Like, right, you know, like I get asked, I'm on podcast, right? I get asked all the yeah. time. So, Dave, you know, what's your regimen every morning? Uh, what do you think about? What do you do every day, what, every morning? Uh, kind of a thing, right? You're 69 years old. You're running, you're running like a, you know, a racehorse still. Uh, you're on no medications, right? So, how did, what do you do? Well, the first thing I do every morning when I get up is I make my bed. Non-negotiable. I don't care where I am. Make my bed. Number two, hydrate. Number one, should be the most important thing in your life. Why? Because you're 70% water. That's why. <laughs> so it would stand to reason you might want to drink some water and get your body going. Now, I add things to that, Dr. G, right? Yeah. Sometimes I put turmeric. I put... Uh, lemon i put uh, ginger sometimes i'll okay. make a brew at night i'll pour that in with my water and drink that because yeah. that helps my digestive um and colon and all that right really good for you yeah. it also inflammation and it you know gets you burning your sugar and your fat right too for weight loss so i do that and then typically from there i get into meditation and sound therapy and then after I do that, I typically read 10 pages in a good book, a motivational book, something inspiring. And that's before I ever, ever touch this thing called a cell phone or any electronics. So that's my regimen. Um, I try to get at least eight hours sleep when possible. I, right. can, I, can, function, I can function pretty well on, um, on six. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, and then I get people that I get, host that asked me so dave what's your number one piece of advice to a listener number one focus on the quality of water that you consume because that's it's something that's going on right now it's a phenomena in america and nobody's paying attention to it our our grandparents drank water out of the ground mm -hmm. that's called spring water mountain mm -hmm. water it's alive if it comes through a faucet in your kitchen, through a municipality, it is no longer alive. It's dead. That's a fact. If you drink it out of a plastic bottle or a plastic container, it's dead. 
The only way you can drink good water is it's you, you get it out of a spring, you get it out of a well. I live in the Appalachian Mountains, so I've got mountain spring water coming into my house. Focus on the water and drink. If you can drink it, try to get at least half your body weight. That'll keep the systems moving and doing what you want to do so that you can, your brain and your body can, can function. And then those other things that I shared are number are, you know, what I do every day. Nice, 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 nice. Thank you for sharing that. And then, sure. so tell us, um, how can people get in contact with you? Uh, just go to our website. That's the best way, uh, which is um, firewalkadventures.com. Um, you know, come say hi. Uh, you, I have a Facebook page too. You can come there. And, you know, our website pretty much tells you what it is. Go check it out. You'll love it. It's, it's really cool. It's not your everyday normal website where you go <laughs> sure. look at something, right? It's got some pretty, yeah. uh, it's got some great videos and, and stuff about me. Um, uh, one of the, a student at the University of North Carolina a couple of years was a senior and she was in uh, film and documentary is what her major. And she called me on the phone. Um, I got, you know, again, it was a few years ago, a couple of years back. And uh, she said, hey, well, my class project is to find somebody in the state of North Carolina who's interesting and interview them. And that's, I, that she gets her final grade for that. She, she had wow. to create a document. She had to create a documentary about that person. Well, she called me on the phone, bless her heart. And really, I don't want to say she begged, but she pretty much, she's like, oh, oh God, if you could do this for me, it would be so great. What was really great is I had a whole week off and she came and she spent an entire week with me and she created wow. the documentary. So from that, it's actually on my website, which is, it gives, you know, kind of the story of, of what happened and what we do and how we do it. Fantastic. Um, I also... Yes. One one other thing, if I could plug this, and this may yeah. not have any interest at all to any of your viewers, but if somebody ever wanted to come to the Dave Albin Firewalk Academy, which is where you come to me and you spend five days with me and I teach you everything I've learned over the last 30 years in the personal development industry, including how to create these unbelievable life-changing experiences and, how, and then how to go home and do it for your family or your friends or your community, or your or your circle of influence. Uh, my last, I'm, I'm retiring this year in 2023. Oh. It'll be my last one. Um, but it, that's coming up in the first week of October. It's October 3rd through the 7th. And you can, if you want to check that out, and we can get on a discovery call together. And I'll make sure it's a darn good fit before you decide to do it. Fantastic. Well, congratulations early on your retirement. That's yeah. uh that's pretty cool. Yeah. It is. I'm I'm really excited about it. You know, well, I'll probably do uh, I've got a few clients of mine that are really big clients and they're awesome and they've been with me through thick and thin and if they want to do an event, I'll do that. But the thing about the academy is now I've got a I'll have a group of really well-trained people that want to do this so that when companies call us, I'll say, "Hey, you know, I got uh, I got Doctor I got Doctor G in your in your backyard. Where are you from? Yeah, she'll come do it or he'll come do it. Whoever, and uh, right. so that 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 part of the company will continue on. That's great. It's a good legacy. That is awesome. You know, this has been such a great conversation, Dave. I appreciate it. <laughs> but it's my pleasure. It really is. Absolutely. And Very we cool have a tradition on the show um, where we have a fill in the blank segment. 
Are you ready? Are <laughs> okay, you ready yeah, for that? Sure. Absolutely. Okay, right, cool. Let's okay do it. great. You're born ready anyway. So there you That's go. Right. What you talking um, about? So <laughs> the first one is if I am fearless, I will do anything I want to do. So that's the separation. Such a powerful question. Oh my gosh. So when you separate that, that opens up to, okay, whatever's possible. Eric climbed the seven highest mountains on earth. He's blind. So did he make that? Did he he divide that? Yes. He, He put fear aside and said, no, you know, fear is there to guide you, right? It's there to keep you alive. What you don't want to do is let it become your jailer. And and that's really the key. Love it. All right. Cool. The next one is to me, fearless freedom means. Oh wow! You know it's it means it's 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 that sweet spot in life. Um. Sometime between now and the next three weeks, I'm gonna and daughter born. Oh, um, congratulations! Thank you. Their name's Charlotte Ray. She's coming. Um, I, her, her brother, my grandson, and I, have, are, you know, we spent five and a half years together. So from a grandpa standpoint, yeah, right, um, that's it. Doesn't get any better in life. And and so when she comes, it 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 just so resonates with that last distinction of the fearless part. What happens is that. You can go where you want, when you want, as often as you want, with who you want, as often as you want. And and that's because that's how important it is to learn to deal and use fear to your advantage. Breathing is everything with fear, by the way. I run a whole hour seminar on just breathing uh, the correct way, diaphragmically, to deal with fear. Because typically when someone's fearful, what do they do? Hyperventilate, of course. Yeah, they, right. Yeah, right. Or they hold, they their, hold breath. their breath. That's the other They one. hold their breath or they <laughs> hyperventilate, right? So when you can get your breathing under control, then all that changes. And that's the beauty thing with the firewalk. That's why it's such a magical moment. It's because typically once they're there and I'm there with them and they get, they're just ready to, to walk and they're dealing with the fight or flight, guess what I do? Eyes up. Take a nice deep breath for me. Now take another one. Take another one. So I bring a lot of oxygen into their body. So their body associates, oxygenate, breathe, deal with fear. When they come out of the third breath, boom, I walk them. Nice. And yeah. And and so it's, you know, in breath, (laughs) right? So it's like that lasts forever. It's like, oh, do we need to do that again to make sure he got it right? Nope. He got it on the first round. (laughs) <laughs> right so that's the beauty of that so really great question dr g very well good job so the last one is okay. m- my battle cry is <laughs> my battle cry is uh let's stop looking for heroes and be one okay can we just stop this nonsense can we stop mainstream media can we stop and dispense with all the nonsense Look, I don't care whether you wore a mask or not. It doesn't, it doesn't bother me one way or the other. Whether you, got a, whether you got a vaccine or you didn't, or you got two boosters, or you love Donald Trump or you hate Donald Trump, or, you know, I, I don't care. It has nothing to do with anything about how you and I should interact. 
I'm not going to tell you how to live your life. Don't tell me how to live mine. And so we've lost that. People now think oh, we, need, we need to act a certain way like we're being told to do. No. And that's what's interesting about my generation. My generation isn't going to put up with that. Because our parents fought the wars. Our parents fought the Germans in World War II in, in, in Europe. We fought the Japanese in the Pacific, the Marine Navy. You know, all of my friends, all their dads and moms, my mom was Rosie the Riveter. Mm -hmm. yeah, she went Dr. To G, right? She was yeah. one of those women that she, all the women did everything <clears throat> during the war. They built the planes. They built the tanks. They built the Jeeps. They built, assembled the guns, the rifles, the machine guns, the ammunition. They did all of that. And then at night, they ran the, the, uh, the, SO, uh, the uh, USO for all mm -hmm. the GIs, right? So I come from that generation. And I got news for you. <laughs> My parents and that were not pansy asses by any means. They didn't throw things away. They came from the Great Depression. You fixed it. <laughs> That's what you did, or you didn't have it. It's that simple. So, you know, that, that's that, generationally, that's where I come from. So when you said, you know, what's your battle cry? Yeah. Yeah. And just come on, you know, be all that you can be. I dare you. That's scary. I get it. And that's okay. Because that's what the world needs. This is what the world needs right now. It's people that can bring people back to the humanistic side of things and find love and peace and joy in us being humans together and working together and playing together and, you know, and all of that. Uh, we get so caught up now um, uh, in what's happening politically. And, you know, is this going to happen or is that going to happen? Well, nobody knows any of that. So why even go there? I've been hearing the end of the world for 69 years. And I can tell you right now, when I was a kid during the Bay of Pigs, when the Russians put the missiles in Cuba, uh, that was probably just about as close to Nuke in the world, it was, is it what it ever got? Um, and so, you know, you know what they say in the Polynesian atmosphere, <laughs> you know, have fun, no worries, <laughs> you know, just relax. Um, cause this too will pass. Yeah. I mean, it's, um, very interesting, but I love it. I love that. Thank you for sharing your perspective. Uh, definitely appreciate it. And, um, you had some really good pearls to share too, which I think the audience is going to greatly appreciate as well. And just let us know one more time how people can reach you. Sure. Website. Uh, yeah, my website's very, very um, uh, accessible. You know, phone numbers there, emails are there. <clears throat> Go to firewalkadventures.com. And you can go there and see some really cool stuff. Really great pictures and stuff like that. Yeah. And so Fantastic. thanks for doing that, Dr. G. I really appreciate it. This has been awesome. And um, I know we had a, some technical difficulties coming into this, but I'm yeah, sure no glad we yeah, I'm sure glad we got it worked out. <laughs> Thank you for your patience and and you're awesome. So again, thanks for bringing me um, uh, in front of your audience. Thanks for recording with us. We appreciate you.